Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, the calendar page has turned. It is November. For a long time, we've been talking about what would happen in November, what we had to achieve in November. And of course, we were talking about the midterm elections, achieving progress for America, achieving a roadblock in the way of radical policies that are destroying the country, a day when we would turn a corner and take off the yoke, uh, throw off the yoke of really oppressive, oppressive policies that we've been living under for two years. Well, it's November. It's November of 2022, and uh, this is so important for us. We want to talk tonight about what could happen when the elections occur one week from today, and hopefully they'll be over a week from tonight. We don't want them to stretch on for days or weeks uh, after that. We want to have an election day, an election night, and an election conclusion. But uh, then what can we expect after that? And of course, many people are thinking and talking and calling for and preparing for various types of investigations that need to occur. I want to share some thoughts about that here tonight. I want to also share a a couple of thoughts about what Elon Musk has done with uh, Twitter and uh, apply a spiritual perspective uh, to all of this, and also talk about the coherent message uh, coming from uh, Republican candidates and the rather disconnected, scattered message coming from um, the other side of the of the aisle. But let's go to Luke and uh, read from the Gospel, chapter 8, <clears throat> starting in verse 16, we read this. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. Let us pray. Lord, we hear these words of your holy gospel and we think about this current election cycle that we are in and the corner that America is about to turn. We know, Lord, that some in our nation work in the shadows. Some in our nation are committed to spreading darkness rather than light. Some in our nation, Lord, do deeds under cover of darkness because those deeds are evil. They are afraid to come to the light. And yet your word tells us that there is nothing concealed that will not ultimately be revealed. Lord, let us take this truth to heart as a people, as a nation, as individuals, nothing is concealed that will not ultimately be revealed. You 
O God, have brought light into the world. Your Son, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. And He told us, in turn, that we are the light of the world. Your Word tells us not only that we are to walk in the light, but that we are light. Paul writes to the Ephesians, we were once darkness. Not simply that we were once in darkness, but that we were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Father, we rejoice in that. Our founders rejoiced in that. They set up a nation where, in the very mechanisms of our Constitution, light would be able to shine in dark places. By the very structure of our system of government, those who rule with justice, those who govern in truth, would be able to shine lights into the darkness. That those who are, in fact, corrupt, that those who do constitute, in fact, a swamp, a deep swamp, would be able to be disclosed and uncovered. And Lord, we thank you that we have the mechanisms, that we have the checks and balances, that we have the system that can save us from corruption. And we have you. We renew our commitment to you as we pray for America. And we ask you, Lord, that in these elections we may indeed turn a corner away from darkness and corruption and into the light of truth and justice. We pray through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so friends, um, yeah, this is a deep reflection from Scripture here because... The Lord says, listen carefully. Because if you're walking in darkness, you might seem to have something. You're going to lose it. So that's how it is with the swamp. That's how it is with people who are in power. They seem to be in possession of power. In reality, they have very little. And even the little they have will be lost. Because if power is obtained through corruption, that's going to be exposed. It's going to be exposed. How would it be exposed as a result of this election? Well, that's where we're going to go to the whiteboard and we're going to put a few things up there that a lot of you have been thinking about and talking about, but that now we have to really, actually, I want you to know they're being prepared for. And that is investigations. So let's say that the House of Representatives goes red. Republicans get a majority in the House, okay? Senate, many are thinking increasingly that that too will go red. A bit more of, a, of an effort needed there. Let's say R. Some people maybe, saying maybe. Okay. Even so, let's remind ourselves of a basic element of constitutional uh, governance here. Both the House and the Senate 
can conduct investigations. Now, why is that? Well, that's because they can legislate. So think of it this way. Let's use the, the border as, a, as an example, okay, the southern border. There are various laws, right, that govern immigration. There are various laws that govern the security of our border and various uh, responsibilities given to our leaders for doing exactly that. Because if you don't have a border, you don't have a, a nation, and there are laws that govern it. Okay. Now, if there are laws that govern the southern border, then the body that makes those laws, which of course is the Congress, ought to be able to know, in fact, needs to know what is going on. If you're going to decide what laws are appropriate to put in place, if you're going to decide what policies are appropriate to implement or to change or to revoke, right, you have to know what the situation is so that you know how those laws will affect the situation. So it all boils down to if you're going to pass laws, you have to know what's going on. And to know what's going on in any arena of activity, whether it's what's at the southern border or any number of other things that you might be passing laws about, okay, so you're going to pass laws. In order to know what's going on, you have to be able to do what? You have to be able to ask. And another word for ask is investigate. This is the basis for investigations. And I, and I, I want to map this out briefly. Why? Because we shouldn't be thinking about investigations as an alternative to governing or simply an expression of, you know, vengeance. No, I want to get back at them. I want to get even with them, you know, so we're going to investigate them. Is that the right spiritual attitude or is it? No, no, no. It's not instead of governing, now I have power. So now I can, you know, uh, uh, get back at my political opponent. That's not the idea. The idea is now I'm in a position of responsibility to govern. And precisely as part of the act of governing, I'm going to find out what in the world is going on especially if what has been going on isn't clear or has been, as we were saying, based on the, the reading from Luke chapter 8, has been shrouded in darkness. There's a constitutional aspect to this. This is part of governing. And there's a biblical spiritual aspect to it. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed. So, the southern border. Exactly how many people have been coming across the border? A lot of those in positions of responsibility have been downplaying the numbers. What are the real numbers? And why have they been coming over with such ease? What have those agents at the border been told to do or not to do? And where have these people been taken? I mean, we know where some of them are going, obviously, but where are all of them going? What states are they being sent to? The government needs to be acting with transparency.
If they're acting under cover of shadows and darkness, well, then, you know, that raises suspicions about exactly uh, what these activities are and what the motives are. Now, the southern border is just one example. Take the question of Afghanistan, for example. How did that debacle happen? Wouldn't it be appropriate once Republicans are once again in the majority in the House? And by the way, the Senate can have investigations, too. You remember back decades ago, those of you that are old enough to remember, the Watergate investigation. That was a Senate-led investigation. So the House and the Senate have powers of investigation. And in carrying out those investigations, they can issue subpoenas. They can request information. They can request that people come and answer questions. So you get the people that are in charge of uh, what's going on at the border, and you get the people that are in charge of what happened in Afghanistan, and you get them before a committee, and you ask them the questions that need to be asked. So with Afghanistan, I mean, how, how did that debacle happen? Exactly how did that happen? Why did we leave behind people and tens of billions of dollars of military equipment? Why? How was that decision reached? Who was in the room when those decisions were made? How were those decisions explained? Did the people making those decisions know what the implications would be? These are all valid questions. These are all questions quite valid for an investigation. And then, of course, what about the way that the FBI has been uh, acting? Get, to get a committee together and bring in people who've been running the FBI and ask them, since when did you become a weapon against political opponents instead of a legitimate agency to investigate uh, crime? Since when did you become an agency that instead of uh, investigating a crime in search of a person, which is the way it's supposed to work, something happens, and you follow the, the, the lead of it, you're investigating people in search of a crime. You're targeting people because of their beliefs or their political positions. And then, oh, let's just, you know, go after that person and or let's raid their home or let's uh, arrest them and intimidate their families and uh, or let's take their cell phone. And oh, then we'll find something on them. We'll find something. Don't worry. We'll dig enough so that we find something. That's not how it's supposed to work. You don't search for people in search of a crime. You go after crimes in search of people. You look at the crime. You look at the thing that you know went wrong. And then you find out who might have been involved in doing that wrong. But it's the doing of the wrong that's the focus, not people that happen to disagree with me. So it's very appropriate that we would look forward to various kinds of investigation. Not to mention, of course, well, you know, it's the president's son. You know, a lot of questions swirling around, and it's not about, about some kind of thing he did in terms of uh, taxes. or it's, it's about implicating the highest office in the land in corruption. That's what has to be investigated, because that affects all of us. What he does in his personal life, taxes or drugs or something, this is not the matter of a federal investigation. But involving the president of the United States or the vice president of the United States in some kind of corrupt money dealings with Ukraine or, or, or China, I mean, that's serious business. And, and that's something of concern to all the American people. And we're not the ones that went looking for that, for that kind of garbage. Uh, that came to our attention.
and on and on it goes. There are many other things that um, can be and should be investigated. And I think that one of the uh, fruits of victories in this election will be that we'll be able to get to the bottom of these things. But again, with the right spiritual attitude, this is part of governing. We're not going to see what's happening now. The fake investigations that we have seen over these last, what is it, six years now, we've seen all kinds of fake investigations. We've seen the powers of the government, whether it's in holding investigations or whether it's in impeaching the president, We've seen these things politicized to a degree that has never been seen before in American history. We saw the very first time the impeachment process was conducted during President Trump's administration by the Democrats in Congress, the very first time it's been conducted in a purely, purely partisan way. It's never happened in American history before because impeachment is not supposed to be a partisan activity against your political opponents. Nor is the system supposed to throw out the window basic standards of the right to self-defense, the right to call your own witnesses, the right to have equal representation on a committee. Look at what the, what the, what the committees in these current sham investigations are doing. They're not balanced committees. So you're breaking some fundamental, basic fundamental rules. So we're not talking about uh, corrupting the investigation process. And we're not talking about using the investigation process to distract the American people from the policy issues that have to be dealt with by good governance. Good governance is the duty of Congress. You're supposed to be listening to problems. You're supposed to be having the requisite hearings, crafting and, and debating the requisite legislation to solve the problems of the American people. This is not supposed to be a substitute for that. That's what the other side does. They make it a substitute for governing and, 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 and for serious addressing of problems. We're not talking about using it as a substitute for that. We're talking about using it again as a part of governance because Congress is only supposed to investigate those matters on which and about which, and in relation to which, it is able to pass laws. That's its duty, to pass laws. So you don't investigate on something that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that you might be legislating on. But if it is something that you might be legislating on, like we started with our initial example of what is going on at the southern border, well, yeah, you have every right and duty to conduct the requisite investigations. Okay, let me go back here to sit down and... Follow, uh, uh, conclude with a few, a few basic thoughts. You know, there was a survey, um, USA Today and Suffolk University asked um, if they thought investigations would occur into President Biden's son uh, and if they would be warranted if, in fact, the uh, Republicans take over the House. And uh, 75% said an investigation would happen and 52%, okay, a majority said it would be warranted, including 22% of, of Democrats. More than one in five Democrats said, yeah, it would be warranted to investigate that. Pretty important uh, read on the, on the views of the American people. You know, uh, let, me, let me say a word here about what's going on over at uh, Twitter. 
Here's a quote from Elon Musk. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of civilization. Okay, so he's thinking at a pretty fundamental level here, the future of civilization. I'm not talking about just some kind of a business deal or just some kind of, oh, I'm annoyed at how this or these people from the uh, previous uh, 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 administration over there are acting or I'm unhappy that they censored this person or they threw off that person. Listen to the wording he's using here. It's important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. All right, so you notice he's laying out, well, what are the options that we have as a divided people? Healthy debate, let everybody be heard, let everybody think the way human beings are capable of thinking, and learn from each other, maybe see perspectives that we didn't see before, thanks to the fact that what? Thanks to the fact that somebody else spoke their perspective and we heard it. What's the alternative to that? Violence. So he says you gotta have, you can't have a civilization unless a wide range of beliefs is heard, debated in a, and debated in a healthy way. That's the way it's supposed to work. And here's what he said the danger is. There's currently a great danger that social media will split into far right-wing and far left-wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. So the problem is not the difference of opinions. That's not the danger. People have always had differences of opinion. The danger is, notice how he describes it. So you've got this circle over here and the circle over here of everybody listening just to the people that they agree with. And so there's the polarization. There's no communication like this. They're all in their own echo chamber. And you create that if in the platform on which you are echoing your thoughts, the guys with the other thoughts can't get in. This is what the left has been creating. Now, the new conservative platforms, take Getter, for example. I know the guys that run Getter. They say, hey, listen, oh, and the same was true when Parler got started, Parler. The idea was, hey, we welcome everybody. Truth Social, that President Trump started, same idea. We welcome everybody. We're not going to exclude people based on their thinking based on their opinions and positions and politics. Everyone is welcome. You respect one another. You have healthy debate. Elon Musk believes that this is essential to a healthy, civilized society. I want to contrast this with something that I saw in a couple of articles that were responding to what, what Elon Musk has been doing. And, and one of them, in one of them, the author of the article said, uh, we can't let it become toxic. In other words, they were saying, okay, well, if Twitter opens up its, uh, opens up its doors a little more generously to different opinions, nevertheless, we can't let it become toxic. Wait a second. See, now I, I have a problem with that, with that phrase because it isn't defined. 
and it can be interpreted very subjectively to reinforce the very problem we're trying to get away from, which is that, oh, well, you know, if, if, if you believe in uh, a traditional marriage, if you believe in uh, the right to life, if you believe in the Constitution of the United States, if you don't think that this is an inherently racist country, oh, well, you know, your beliefs are, 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 are toxic. And if you say things like you're undermining the very foundations of society, if you allow innocent babies to be killed by uh, permission of the government, you know, you're, you're, well, you know who said that? St. John Paul II said you undermine the very basis of civilization once you take away the right to life. People are going to call that toxic. People are going to call our, our position on marriage, which is rooted in the word of God and, I don't know, all of human history from the very beginning, we're going to call that homophobic. You see, people use these adjectives to try to shut down debate. That's not what, this is not what Elon Musk is talking about. This is not what free speech is meant to be. This is not what Truth Social and Getter and Parler are saying. That, oh, well, you know, well, we can't, well, we'll let free speech as long as it doesn't become too toxic. Yeah, what one man thinks is toxic, another man says, these are my deeply held, sincere religious convictions. So that's not the basis on which to judge this. The basis on which to judge it is, is everybody, does everybody have an equal opportunity here to speak their mind? Now, if you violate a law, if you, if you advocate violence, that should be a clearly identifiable, objective boundary, and you can say to people, you can't cross that boundary. But other than that, just by slapping the word toxic on something, no, that's not going to solve the problem. That's just a reiteration of the division that is there. Or another example of the same thing, one of these articles said, quote, we don't want to be bombarded by things we don't want to hear. Well, my advice to people who say that is, go live in a cave. Go ahead, go live in a cave. Don't take your phone, don't take a radio, don't take a television, don't take a computer. Go live in a cave. If you live in a society of free speech, I've got news for you. You're going to hear things you don't want to hear. You want to live in a society of free speech, I've got news for you. You're going to hear some things that are going to upset you. You're going to hear things you disagree with. You're going to hear things that make you angry. And you're not going to be able to prevent yourself from hearing them unless you go to a cave. You know, this is, this is, this is really the, you know, the small-mindedness of some people in our society today who think that there's some kind of a right not to get upset. That they, they really, and they say these things and they try to defend it in court. I have a right not to be upset. That person was holding a sign about abortion and I got upset by it. I've been on the receiving end of this because I've held up signs against abortion in every one of the 50 states. And people say, oh, you're getting me upset. You're getting me upset. Well, welcome to, welcome to America. That's why we have protected speech. The reason we have protected speech is not simply so that we can speak. The reason we have protected speech is that some speech is going to get somebody else so upset that they want to shut us up. And that's why it's protected. It's protected 
against someone else's efforts to silence you simply because they're getting upset. And their speech is protected too because they can let you know that they're upset. But they should let you know that they're upset by articulating it and, and give you the counter argument. Let, we, we, you let them express their view just as loud, just as clear, just as frequently. The point is they don't get to shut you up and you don't get to shut them up. So God bless Elon Musk for what he's doing over there at Twitter and and God bless the people at Truth Social and Getter and Parler and all the other, there's others too, smaller platforms, but nevertheless many of them that are trying to implement this same vision. Well, let's pray, friends, about everything we've talked about here tonight. Lord, we 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 pray for America. We pray for that land where freedom of speech is written right there at the top of our Bill of Rights. We pray for that land, Lord God, where healthy debate has been a part and parcel of our life from the beginning. Healthy protest, healthy disagreement, expressed through not only freedom of speech and freedom of the press and the right to protest peacefully, but also through the ballot box through candidates that make their views known and candidates that debate their views and voters that come to the polls in great number to cast their vote and elect the people that they believe best represent what is good for this nation. Lord, we ask you to bless uh, all those in uh, Congress who hope in just another week to be voted again into the majority because, Lord, they are already preparing to gather information for legitimate investigations. They have already put on notice the agencies of the federal government that may be investigated, that may be questioned, that need to provide certain information that so far has not yet come to light. They have already been put on notice that such information should be prepared and should be readied for the light of day. And so we thank you, Lord, for these dedicated men and women in Congress who are already laying the groundwork for us to to know the things we have a right to know because they impact our public life and the good of our nation. We thank you, Lord, for all those on these social media platforms who are trying to create a healthy town square Thank you for the efforts of Elon Musk and the people there making a change at Twitter. Lord, for all those who have been unjustly treated in the past, unjustly silenced, let them have their voice again. Let us all have our voice again. Because this, Lord God, is part and parcel of the greatness of America. Friends, let's pray in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thursday night. Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Trump rallies. Be sure to watch them. Be sure to tune in.
on a right side broadcasting network on Newsmax too. You can watch them and on our website at priest for life called president Trump rallies.com. Watch the president Thursday night from Iowa, Friday night from Pennsylvania, uh, uh, not Friday night, Saturday night from Pennsylvania, Sunday from uh, Miami, Florida, and then Monday from Dayton, Ohio. These are going to be four great speeches leading up to election day. And let's keep praying that election day is election day. And that at night we have got a conclusion. We've got a conclusive answer to who's the winners of these elections. And then we can go on with business. And remember what President Trump always tells us in these rallies. Listen, we're part of the greatest political movement in American history. It's wonderful. And our country doesn't belong to people who are trying to destroy it for whatever reason. God is their judge. No, our this country belongs to us. And we're taking it back and we're pushing it in the right direction at the ballot box. Let's do it. Let's do it vigorously with the conviction, my friends, that the greatest days of America are yet to come. I'm Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Follow me at FR Frank Pavone on all the major platforms. FR Frank Pavone, Truth Social, Getter, Parlor, and then the other platforms too, Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and at Facebook, Father Frank Pavone's father all spelled out. Let's keep connected. Follow Right Side Broadcasting and friends, Spread the word about our program, too, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.